Oh, hi, everybody. Welcome to Football in General. It's Rob Case. And Trevor Koppel. Trevor, welcome to Week 9. And I bet you didn't know this, but there are exactly nine teams that are either 4-4 four and four or 3-4-1. and one. What does your gut instinct tell you when I tell you that nine teams are in the, what you would call, or the kids call, the mid category? <laughs> They're totally mid. Um, so you know, they're, they're just a... You know, at, at this point in the season, usually we have a, a, a you know a lot more of these teams figured out. Um, this season, not so much. There are, there are some teams that are very up and down, um, and with the uh, with all the trading that happened this week, uh, it's even harder to say that we know which team is better than the other. So uh, there's a lot of optimism out there for those uh, four and four, three and four teams. No more optimism can be found than in Miami, which picked up uh, old Chubby, good good friend of yours, uh, Bradley <laughs> Chubb, a former Denver Bronco, got traded for a 2023 first-round pick and signed a five-year, $119 million well, deal this week, uh, today. Let me ask you, Trev, are they paying geologists that much these days? Or? Uh, no, not not this one anyhow. Okay. Um, you know, I, I really like that trade. I think uh, I think it was really great for the Dolphins to go get that to help out their defense. Uh, their pass rush could use some help. But uh, I'm I'm a little undecided on this contract extension. Um, initially, I thought it was pretty risky. You know, Nick Chubb had a great rookie year. Then he was a ghost for three seasons. Uh, he's definitely on a tear this season, which is why I loved the, the, the trade for him. Um, but I just I just don't know if there's a lot of confidence in him staying healthy year in and year out. Um, but then, you know, also, I, I'm not sure it was entirely. I mean, he had his fair share of injuries in those three uh, quiet seasons. But also, he was playing defense on a team that never played with a lead. And it's really hard for these edge rushers to shine when they don't play with a lead. Because uh, that's when they really get to do their thing is when they're, when you're playing uh, from in front and you just go after the quarterback and the quarterbacks are dropping back more. Um, so I, I, I guess I, what I'm trying to say is at first I didn't like the contract extension. And I'm kind of, kind of talking myself into getting behind the contract extension. Um, if, if he can play like he is right now, uh, consistently, then he's definitely somebody you want on your team. So 62 million guaranteed. Does that make you feel better? That's a lot of money. <laughs> That's well. That's twelve twelve million guaranteed a year, right? And I think the, the contract, yeah, and and it, it shakes out to uh, a little over twenty a year, I think, if uh, if he you know stays healthy and plays. So he's a good player. Oh, um, yeah. Miami's Miami's all in. He would have been a free agent at the end of the year. I don't think they would have signed him. No, um, so I, I just, think it's a great move for Chubb, obviously. Yeah. It works out great for him. He gets to compete now. He's on a good team that's going places. Uh, he's in a tax-free state, and he got a huge payday. Um, yeah. But uh, I also think it's a good move for the Broncos at this point because they built some draft capital. They have a first-round pick now. It's it's actually the 49ers' first-round pick. So it, it, you got I, I think it's safe to assume it'll be somewhere after the 20th overall pick, um, maybe quite a bit after. It depends on how far uh, you think the, the 49ers are going to go with the postseason. Um, but uh, it would, you know, nobody would be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers were in the NFC Championship, in which case you're looking at a really low first-round draft pick. But still, it's a first-round draft pick the, the Broncos could really use. Uh, they're not the team that they thought they would be this year, so they definitely have to, you know, make changes and take steps to improve the overall roster. So I think this was a win for everybody. Yeah, I I think so. I mean, Miami's competing for a Super Bowl, and they 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 know the the AFC is not very good, not as good as we all thought it was going to be outside of Kansas City and Buffalo. And why not insert your, yourself in that top three conversation and possibly, I don't know, do a surprise. AFC run like Cincinnati did last year. I, I think it's uh, in the cards. I think it's in the cards, honestly. Yeah, well, yeah. and it, and it wasn't their only move. Uh, they they got uh, Jeff Wilson oh, Jr. Yeah, there you go, Jeff Wilson Jr. Thank yep. you. Um, yeah. So they they've been struggling with uh, with their running backs. 
Uh, Chase Edmonds has been a disappointment for them. He, they get the, they get him out the door. Um, uh, really, I, I just some really good moves by by the Miami uh, front office making the most out of their situation this year. Totally, yeah. Well, let's talk about some other moves. T.J. Hawkinson goes from Detroit to Minnesota for what? A, they swap a second and a third for a fourth and a fifth or something along those lines. It was kind yeah, of yeah, uh, yeah. There's a there's a tricky, bunch of tricky trade, bunch of back and forths there. Um, it, you know, I, I'm trying not to let myself get carried away with this one. As a Vikings fan, it 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 fills a big need with Irv Smith set to be out for eight to ten weeks, um, and and T.J. Hawkinson is uh, he's a great tight end. He's uh, you know he he could be a top five tight end in the league. I, I don't think it's crazy to say that. Um, so getting him keeps the balance on the offense that they were going for. Um, even a slight upgrade, in my opinion, over Irv Smith Jr. Um, and with what Minnesota gave up, I, 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 I still am trying to make sense of this from the uh, Detroit Lions side of it. That's, that's, it's almost enough to make me worry. Like, what is going on with TJ Hawkinson that they would give him away in division for so little? So, uh, but, but really, it, it just feels like Detroit got fleeced a little bit. I, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me from the Detroit side of things, but it's great to have him on the Vikings roster and the Vikings are almost certainly headed to the playoffs barring disaster at which time Irv Smith should be getting healthy. And then it, it's a really loaded offense. Yeah, it's a loaded offense and uh, it's Kevin O'Connell. Who's probably one of the most creative uh, offensive lines in the NFL from what we've seen in the last few weeks. Um, they ran that RPO that, that Kirk Cousins ran. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, I saw for, that. For a touchdown. <laughs> beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful play design. And they ran, I think, an RPO for Alexander Madsen for a touchdown, too, um, which was really well done. So if anything, you put T.J. Hawkinson in that offense, it should be, I mean, should be gravy, right? Should well, be and, and it, it's, you know, the, the big, you know, thing right now for every team that's trying to get there is, success in the red zone uh, a lot of teams are good at moving the ball and then you get in the red zone and you, you don't you don't know what you're going to get tj hawkinson is the sort of threat yeah he can stretch the field anywhere on the field but in the red zone he's a big guy reliable hands a good route runner uh it's just it, it it's what everybody wants on uh, out of their tight end when they get down in the red zone totally yeah yeah just like i said big body Iowa tight end. Um, Iowa, Iowa tight, tight end. end factory. Got to love it. <clears throat> from the Iowa tight end factory, because you didn't know, they pump out tight ends. No fan. Can you another one? Yeah. I'm sure. Um, who's, who's, there's another. George notable. Kittle. Maybe George you've heard Kittle. of George Kittle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he's probably um, not, he hasn't really been relevant for many years. So. <laughs> okay. Um, but the Chicago Bears, another team that surprisingly made a play here. I, I'm, I'm not sure if this was, uh, what, you know, they trade away, trade away their second-round pick. You, you assume they're not going to be that great this year. Maybe they turn around Chase Claypool, and this was kind of what was missing in Chicago. Uh, now one receiver for Justin Fields. What do we uh, – No, is, I, is I, he? I really like this one, too, because uh, I think that uh, Justin Fields is I, – I, from what I'm seeing, the eye test when I get to watch the Bears, is that mm-hmm. Justin Fields is the real deal. Um, he's worth investing in, put, put pieces around him, see how good he can be. So going out, getting an offensive weapon, building some, uh, some, some draft capital with, with the defensive pieces that they've moved off of. Um, I, I like that the, it looks like a shift in, uh, in what they're prioritizing. They're going to prioritize the offense. Um, they're not going to just try to, you know, be the 85 bears, with defense. So I like this. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's not like they've solved all their problems, but I think they're taking a step in the right direction. Uh, and I think that they've kind of, uh, reset, uh, the priorities in, in, in terms of how they're going to try to win next year. So, uh, I like it next year, buddy, there's still nine, nine games left to play. No, listen, the, 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 the winner of the NFC North is going to go to the playoffs and no other team from the NFC North is going to go to the playoffs. Um, the bears aren't going to make it. Um, but they've got a lot to play for because 
you know, and I've been, I know I've been saying it for a long time to our, our longtime listeners, but Justin Fields is getting better. And the more they put him out there and get the, the, the in-game reps, the real experience of being the starting quarterback, uh, I, when I watch him, I think the sky's the limit with Justin Fields. Um, so they definitely need to – there's no tanking going on. But, uh, but they, I think that moves like this are, are for next year. Yeah. Okay, next year and beyond, hopefully, right? Or this year and beyond, I guess is probably the better way to put it. Um, no other really notable trades other than that's – well, that's about it, right? We didn't see anything else kind of happen that was big. Not top of my head. I mean, those are I'm certainly the else. biggest ones. Uh, we, we've already talked about the Christian McCaffrey. That's more than a week old now. Um, sure. I mean, he, he definitely had a, a, a great game last week. Um, <clears throat> threw, threw for a touchdown, ran for a touchdown, caught a touchdown – First person to do it since LaDamian Tomlinson did it, like 2005. Mm-hmm. So, so that uh, definitely gets an A-plus for that, uh, that trade. But, uh, yeah, there, there's a few others here and there. You know, Calvin Ridley going to – did I got that uh, right? Jacksonville. Yeah, Jacksonville. Calvin Ridley went to Jacksonville. Yeah. That's definitely yeah. for next year. Does, I, I don't even think his suspension ends at, like, the new year, right? Something like that? Yeah, uh, yeah February so, 14th is when he's eligible to be. Oh, so there you go. So so he's going to yeah. be playing for them next year. Things like that. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I think we've covered the uh, the more significant ones. Okay, then let's let's move on to the well, the rotisserie, the uh, <laughs> the gravy, the juices, the gravy, the, the 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 things that you put on the meats of your fantasy football team every single week, and it guarantee you to win. A game because if you're on the the the, the, the waiver wire, I can't talk this week. I don't know why. I sound like Ric Flair. Everything I say too. The waiver wire. If you're out there, <laughs> whoo, um, you're gonna you could win a game this week. I'm telling you. I, I'm telling you with what what you could pick up this week, given the re, given <clears throat> the bye week, the week nine, the perpetual state of of nature of other people in your fantasy football league to, to seemingly give up. Or not pay attention to their teams because they got post Halloween hangover from so much candy, and they're paying attention to their kids, and the holidays are coming up. This is your chance to take over your fantasy football league, Trevor. I'm telling you that if you pick up some of the guys I'm going to suggest this week, or if you have at least one of them, they could win your league. And I'm not lying about that. Now, I'm not going to say that's going to happen in the quarterback category because certainly that's the least of of our. <laughs> <laughs> of our fat, of our juices, of our gravy, and the things we're going to mix in with our cornstarch and our flour are going to make this real thick. I'm going to start off with Justin Fields here. Fifty, uh, He's rostering 50% of leagues. 27th in FPA is Miami. They're playing Chicago, excuse me, Chicago this week. Here's a guy. Look, 50%. I'm just burping all over the mic. I apologize. 50% of leagues he's rostered in, and he's averaging, let's see, about 17 to 20 points per game. So... If you don't know who to play, if you're got a bye week, um, if Tom Brady's your quarterback and you get, you feel like you got to drop him because he's you know he's just disgraced you with his divorce and all the other proceedings and drama that's gone on in his life. I'm not talking about anybody in this in this this podcast in particular. Um, I think Justin Fields is really is worth picking up. Um, Miami, that, of course, they got Bradley Chubb. It's going to take a little bit of time for him to get into the sort of the mix. 27th in its FPA. Um, they got Chase Claypool there now. I, I think he's worth picking up. Um, here's another stat for you. He's got 60, he's rushed for at least 60 yards in three of the past four outings and 47 rushing yards in six games in a row. A lot of potential for Justin Fields this week. I'm just saying, think about him. Here's a guy I said last week, and I, and I wasn't lying. If you picked up Andy Dalton last week, you must have been a little happy. You got you 18 points. This week goes against Baltimore, 25th in FPA is Baltimore. Um, went up against Vegas last week, looked like a stud. Guess what? He is a stud. He's got the red hair. He's a rocket. He's wheeling the wagon. He's got everything you can possibly imagine. He's averaging 19 fantasy points per game, nine touchdowns, four interceptions. I presume he's going to be the star of the rest of the year. Michael Thomas is out. It didn't matter last week. It won't matter this week. Chris Olave will be playing. Um, yeah, I, I think Andy Dalton, and Chris Olave are big starts for me. Alvin Kamara scored what? Three touchdowns last week. He's a monster. 40, yeah. 40 fantasy points, the, the highest uh, fantasy point game this year, I think, other than Jalen Waddell or Tyreek Hill, one of those two guys. 
And then here's one that's really interesting to me. I think this is a guy that's really slept on. Marcus Mariota. He's going against Los Angeles Chargers this week. They're 12th in FPA for quarterbacks. So they're pretty stingy, but J.C. Jackson out. Um, I think they're coming off a bye, too. Did they did, did, did they play last week? St. L.A.? I don't think they did. But he runs the ball a lot. He's got 300 rushing yards in the air, 1,500 passing yards, 13 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. They beat Carolina last week. They came back and won. I, I think this game could be kind of a shootout, kind of a fun fun game to watch. He's a low-end starter, probably about 12th to 13th on the quarterback rankings. 52% of leagues he's, he's rostered in. So if you need a bye-week guy, you got Trevor Lawrence on your roster, and you're afraid to start him again like I am, I, I'm telling you, Marcus Mariota, Justin Fields, double O, Dan, Dandy Dalton. He's our, he's our guy on this podcast. He's been our guy for <laughs> like three right. or four years. So never stops being our guy. Here's one I really like, too, Naheem Hines. So 56% of ro- leagues he's rostered in. Uh, they're going against, it says New England, uh, but that's obviously not true because in, he's not on Indy anymore. Who's Buffalo playing this week? Do we know? New York, I think. They're playing the Jets. Uh, gosh, yeah, that's correct, we, the Jets. Okay, okay, they're playing the Jets. So last week, Mondre Stevenson ran for 75 yards and a touchdown. He had seven catches out of the backfield. I'm not saying that's going to be Naheem Hines' stat line, but I think he's he's worth picking up 56% of leagues he's rostered in. The Jets are, this says, this is once again New England, so I don't really know what they are in FPA off the top of running backs. I think they're probably top five best against them. Um, So keep that in mind, but they're going to get him involved really quick. He's a better version of Devin Singletary. I like him. Naheem Hines, who recently traded to to Buffalo from Indy. Sorry, I had to take a quick swig of water. This gravy's getting stuck in my throat. I'm talking so much about it. Um, (laughs) Deion Jackson. Uh, against New England this week, fourth in FPA is New England. <clears throat> but Jonathan Taylor's out, or potentially he sprained his ankle on Sunday. Um, by the way, if you drafted Jonathan Taylor, I got to tell you, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I, I advocated for him over Derrick Henry for the first like month of the season before we started. I, I Listen, I live with that guilt and that shame every single day because I drafted Jonathan Taylor. I have to look at him in my freaking starting lineup every day. And I just recently put him on my bench because I couldn't look at his ass anymore. But (laughs) Deion Jackson, 22% of leagues he's rostered in. Um, Ten targets in week six against Jacksonville. He had 28 points. He's definitely worth the pickup. No Naeem Hines. Potentially no Jonathan Taylor. You got Zach Moss back there. He doesn't know the offense. Um, Who's the other guy? The guy used to play in... uh, Oh, my goodness. He's got the big fro. You know what I'm talking about here. Phil Lindsay. Phil Lindsay. Oh, yeah, Phil Lindsay. You know yeah, yeah, he's, you know I'm talking he's about. not in the mix anymore. <laughs> yeah, Dr. J, the guy with the big afro. You know what I'm talking about. Um, 22% of leagues rostered in. Definitely worth, definitely worth pick up. I think he's gonna. He's projected to get about 14, 15 points. That's, that's a cube. That's our RB1. That's a running back one. This is a league where running backs week to week are just so inconsistent. Um, I think he's definitely worth a pick up here. My last one for the running backs. Actually, I'm going to skip the running backs completely because the rest of them are just trash. But moving on to wide receivers, Joshua Palmer, L.A. Chargers, 32nd in FPA is Atlanta. He's rostered in 30% of leagues. No Keenan Allen, no Mike Williams. Um, I heard the starting starting tight end there. Gerald Everett might be out. Definitely worth picking up. 30% of leagues he's rostered in. Joshua Palmer. This is a guy before the season started I was kind of harping on a bunch only because Justin Herbert was like, yeah, he's going to be the guy. He's going to be. He's going to. He's going to make up for the rest of the, the the roster. Well, he's been pretty quiet, needless to say. But I think this is his coming out week. Joshua Palmer. He's a good flex. Devin Duvernay. So this is an interesting one for me. Fifty-seven percent of leagues is rostered. He's going against New Orleans Monday night. Twenty-ninth in FPA is New Orleans. Um, Rashard Bateman just they just announced he's hurt. He's out for the rest of the season today. He's number one receiver in Baltimore. They don't throw a lot, but there's only 32 number one receivers in the NFL. If you got one of them, they're worth a roster spot. It's Devin Duvernay. He's just a great route runner. 24 catches, 32 targets, 313 for four touchdowns. Just really, really quality production considering how many targets he has. He's only he's only missed eight passes. I, mean, I don't know if he's dropped them. They've carried off his hands. He had butterfingers. We don't know that, but... We can say that he's good for 11 fantasy points per game, which is a flex or a bench position in my mind, or like sort of a spotlight, just a guy you throw in there. So this is an interesting one to me, and I don't really know. 
So Kadarius Tony. And bear with me here because this is a guy that most people already have rosters. He's rostering 58% of leagues. Just got traded to Kansas City for a third-round pick. You know, Chiefs are crowded in that wide receiver position. They're going against Tennessee. He may play. He may not play. A hamstring looks good, and he's a burner. I, you know, Trevor, I think this guy could be the next Tyreek Hill in that Kansas City well, offense. Well, that's 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 what we heard said about him when he was when he was in the draft was he could be the next Tyreek Hill. Um, and what better place to be the next Tyreek Hill than catching passes from Patrick Mahomes? Um, yeah, no kidding. So, so I, I like it. Um, it's it's a little bit of a, a roll of the dice because we haven't seen it yet. That's the big thing that I think is holding people back. I, I have him on a on a bench in one of my leagues. Um, it's tempting to put him in my lineup, and I might and I might go with that because I I, I kind of need long shots right now with everybody that's injured and on bye week. Um, but yeah, oh. I, I think the, the potential is definitely there and we could see big things. I'm going to give you one kind of hail Mary here. You're talking about like reaches for rosters. Isaiah likely tight end from Baltimore roster in 9% of leagues right now. They're going against New Orleans third in FPA against tight ends had a big game last Thursday against Tampa Bay. <laughs> He's just a great route runner. Honestly, very talented receiver. Um, Lamar Jackson loves tight ends. Mark Andrews could be out on Monday. Rashad Bateman's out. Well, this and is his I, even chance, man, e- even if Mark Andrews plays, uh, he might be limited because um, you know the 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 Ravens think they are going to the playoffs. I think they're going to the playoffs. Um, Mark Andrews is a huge part of what makes them dangerous on offense. Um, so e- even if Mark Andrews suits up. I think uh, he might be tight end two on that team this week. So I like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he doesn't, um, big week for Isaiah likely. Like I said, no Rashad Bateman. Their running backs are always very questioned. I mean, it's a suspect group in Baltimore. Um, You know, he's athletic. Maybe they run some jet sweeps. Maybe they do some kind of funky stuff with him. I think he gets involved in the offense a lot, man. He looked he had a catch the the game winning touchdown last week against Tampa, I'm telling you. It was special. It was special. So anyway, moving on to the games. Trevor, are you ready to pick the games? The gravy is settled. We put it on the mashed potatoes. You ready to take that turkey out of the oven? I'm ready to do it. Okay. Okay. All right. Game one on Sunday is the LA Chargers versus the Atlanta Falcons. A three point favorite to LA, a forty nine half over under. LA coming off a of bye week. The Falcons coming off of Probably the one of the more suspenseful games you'll watch this year. And honestly, um, one of the more confusing considering the referee calls. Uh, I don't really know what to make of Atlanta, but they're really good at home. And they're just barely, barely the underdog here. It's, uh, it seems like a game that Atlanta could come in and just sort of take. No, I, I, the Chargers. I feel the same way. Uh, the Chargers, they're still not... Uh, you know, healthy on defense. They're certainly not playing as good a defense as they were hoping to going into the season. Um, and like you said, their 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 two top guys uh, at wideout are not playing this week. Um, so you know they're favored by three points, but the Falcons are three and one at home this year. Um, I, I'm, the Falcons are a tough one to figure out, but they are playing good football right now. So I'm. Starting this week with an upset, I'm taking the Falcons to win at home. It's a Atlanta defense has been pretty terrible all all year. If you watched last week, they gave up a hail mary touchdown to PJ Walker, <laughs> which was a beautiful throw. I think I heard since what um, next gen stats has been uh, a thing, whatever whatever that's called. Um, it was the longest throw ever. That's ever been recorded next oh, chance. Wow. 67 yards in the air. 67 yards in the air. So um, it's a it's a look. It's a secondary that's suspect. Even with AJ Terrell and uh, Casey Hayward. Uh, Hayward's clearly past his prime. So and that's why I was saying Joshua Palmer is a big start for me. So is Justin Herbert. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but Austin Eckler has 20 points, fantasy points per game. No, no, it 20 fantasy points. He's <laughs> at least 20 fantasy points in the last five games. He scored uh, eight touchdowns in the last four, so he's good. a big start. Um, if you got anybody on that's on the Chargers, I'd start them. And on the flip side, I, I think it could be tough for Atlanta, but 
you picked who to win again? I'm picking Atlanta. Or, I say, yeah, I'm picking You're Atlanta picking to win at home. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I think the only place where Atlanta will sort of have like an edge somewhere, to be honest with you. I like your pick, though. It's ballsy, Trevor. That's the kind of stuff we have on this podcast. It's honestly at running back. I know Eckler already mentioned, but look at this. L.A. Chargers defense is allowing about six and a half yards a carry. So um, it's a Falcons offense that likes to run. Mariota likes to get out there and, and, and get his feet wet. Uh, what's it? I can't can never pronounce this guy's name. Tyler Al- Algier, I think his last name is. And then um, Caleb Huntley. Look, they're no-name running backs, but I think they're going to get the ball a lot. They're going to keep it. And, you know, Herbert's going to have to own it in this week. He's really going to have to earn it. Earn it and own it. That's <laughs> the same thing, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Turn our sight to Foxborough, Massachusetts, 54-degree day. It's going to be beautiful up there, man. November, global warming, you got to love it, right? It's no longer cold in New England in November anymore. It's Indianapolis Colts at the New England Patriots, five-point favorites in New England, over under 40.5. Here's a just a quick fan tidbit. Uh, was it, it must have been 19 years ago, I think almost to the day, William McGinnis stopped uh, Adrian James on, the fourth, uh, the, uh, on fourth down on the goal line after four straight goal line stops. Um, probably one of my favorite memories as a New England Patriots fan ever. These games just sort of bring up a lot of memories for me, which it's kind of ironic. Here they are playing in November again. There's no Peyton Manning, no Tom Brady, but um, you got Sam Ellinger, and uh, he's the new Taylor Heineke, right? That's what I was saying last right. week, Taylor Heineke light, in my mind. Mac Jones looked, um, well, he scrambled last week quite a bit. They ended up winning, controversial at, at best, but wins a win, 4-4. Four and four. New England's in the driver's seat, man. Can we see five and four this week in a, in a potential playoff spot? Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm not ready to look that far ahead, but I, I am ready to take the Patriots in this game. Um, I, I think uh, – I'm not saying that, that they're just going to push the Colts around all day, but this is a pretty easy one for me to pick. It's got to be the Patriots to win here. Um, the Colts – man, the Colts are one of the more – disappointing teams this year in in terms of what was expected of them um uh you know the 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 quarterback woes continue obviously uh at least with with who they started with this year um but man their their identity was defense and having the number one rusher in the league uh they they are so far from either one of those this year and uh it's just it's not looking good um you know, trading away Hines. I know he's not the face of the franchise, but he's still uh, he's still a weapon. And uh, it just feels like the Colts are already done this year. Um, hmm. Yeah, I got to take the Patriots to win at home in November. Um, that's an easy one for me. Yeah, yeah. You you can't help but see they're waving the white flag with Alan Gary quarterback, and have to agree. Here's another thing I'd have to agree on is Ramondre Stevenson being one of the best running backs in the NFL. Um, he's exploded in the last three weeks. I just expect him to be as good here. And with the Patriots going to the bye week, coming back and playing New York in Foxborough, it, they, they've set themselves up nicely if they win here, honestly. Um, now, like you said, some of these 4-4 four and four teams are going to make the postseason. They have to. Um, yeah, they just, unfortunately. And, uh, yeah, the, the <laughs> Patriots have a chance to, to build some momentum right here with some home victories uh, getting healthy over the bye week, um, the Colts. The Colts are reeling right now. I, I don't even think they're as good as their record, honestly. Um, you know, they they got a win over uh, a terrible uh, Broncos team. Um, the, you know, we'll talk more about the Broncos later, I'm sure. But uh, the the Patriots are an easy pick for me here. The the you know the spread is five points. I'd take New England to beat the spread. Um, the over-under, these over-unders are really tough this year. They're so good at it. 40 and a half points. It's because it's a Patriots game at home that I expect them to be in control of, and I, and I don't see a lot coming from the Colts. i I got to take the under here. Um, I think the Patriots are going to get in control of this game. They're going to win by more than five. They're going to lead by more than five, and I expect them to just bleed clock with the run game. Um, this is going to stay low scoring, so I'm going to take the under here. Okay, Buffalo at uh, New York Jets, 11.5 point favorites at Buffalo, over under 46. And it's kind of funny when we were talking about Buffalo and Green Bay last week, and I said, you know, it's just, this just proves that there's a bunch of fat, sweaty mafia guys in, in Vegas, as if we didn't already know that. You know, talking about the <laughs> Buffalo 
Green Bay over under, um, right. or the line more or less. I mean, Buffalo looked pretty damn good. Granted, you know, Josh Allen threw three interceptions, but um, look, I mean, this is eleven and a half point favorite over under forty six. I, I guess it's possible. I mean, Buffalo's damn good. I don't think anybody can really compare it to them. But um, New York's got a pretty good, damn good defense, man. With, with right. sauce. Well, I, uh, honestly, the name sauce. <laughs> the Packers, the Packers Bills game was closer than I expected it to be. I think that was only a ten point game. Am I right? Am I right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that, that was that was a lot closer, a lot lower scoring than I expected it to be. Credit to the to the Green Bay defense there. Um, but uh, man, I, I just don't know if we're going to see that Bills team again, or if we're going to see the Bills we're more used to here. Um, it's a division game. Uh, the Bills are on the road. Uh, the Jets without Brees Hall, it's that's tough. Yeah, I know they they uh, they brought in. Robinson, but uh, even so, uh, there's just there's something missing now on offense. Um, I think in this game they're going to find themselves in a situation where they have to do what they don't want to do with Zach Wilson, which is ask Zach Wilson to win the game. Um, it's easy to pick Buffalo to win. That what I'm struggling with is this 11 and a half point spread. Um. My gut tells me that Buffalo beats that spread, honestly. Um, 46 over under. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the over here. Um, it, it, it could go either way, uh, obviously, but uh, I do like a few more points in this one. I think we get back to what we're seeing out of these Bills games. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's a, it's – the New York team, so listen to this stat. They threw the ball 41 times. They ran it 15 times last week. After having Brees Hall, he goes down. They get James Robinson. They don't have any sort of balance on offense. So if they're going to beat Buffalo, it's going to be hard to run against them. But, I mean, you got to make it 50-50. If you, have, if you got Zach Wilson throwing the ball over 40 times, I'm sorry, he's going to throw two or three interceptions. It's just the way it's going to be. It's just right. the way it's going to be. Did, did you watch the game? I mean, he literally would throw, throw the ball away and it would go right to somebody at New, in New England, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. It was baffling. I, I don't know, like, I, it just, yeah, it's it's crazy. I don't know where the coaching was on that afterwards. I, yeah, it's it was just a wild game to watch in that in that way. Other, otherwise, it was very entertaining. But you, you hit the nail on the head. It's, yeah, Buffalo's a great team, and uh, they should win well, this game pretty handily. And I, I think the Jets are playing good defense. I think they have a good defense. Um, the Bills, you know, they're a great team. They are. But one of the one of the problems with the Bills' offense was that it was very obvious when they were going to run the ball with, with the package they had on the field. Um, getting a running back like, like Hines, who, who catches the ball as well as he runs it, um, I think the Bills are going to be a little harder to defend than they have been so far this year. So... Okay, moving on to uh, your boys in the purple. Minnesota at uh, the Washington Commanders. Three-point favorite to Minnesota, over under 43.5. Washington's a scrappy team. They're kind of fun to watch. They're, they're, no, they're just, they got that dog in them, man. They got the dog. <laughs> they, they are. Uh, I, I think the Commanders are fun to watch right now. I think they've got the right quarterback in there now. Honestly, I, I think they should have started the season with this guy. Um it, and you know it's it's a little late down the road to call this any kind of a revenge game, but this is uh, Kirk Cousins' old team, and uh, you know we talked about it a little bit earlier in the show with with that run pass option he took all the way to the house. Uh, I, I don't know how many people saw his his flight back home with all the bling around his neck. Uh, Kirk Cousins is having his his. Yeah, I've never seen him have so much fun playing football in the NFL. He's having the time of his life right now on this Kevin O'Connell team. And uh, I just I think that this is going to be another good day for Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Um, I think it's going to be a, a good game. I don't think the commanders will get blown out. I, I don't think the Vikings have blown out anyone this year yet. Um, they, they, they've been playing close games just like last year. They're just winning them now. Um, so yeah, I like Minnesota to win. 
with a three-point spread. I'm going to take Minnesota to beat the spread, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was a, a push here, a three-point victory. 43-and-a-half over-under. Uh, you know, the Vikings are averaging about 25 points a game, uh, even more in recent weeks. Um, so uh, I, I'm comfortable taking the over here because I've already said they play close games. So to me that says, you know, uh, you know, about 45 points, maybe a little more. So I like the over here. Yeah, the fighting Heineke's. <clears throat> I mean, that's <laughs> it's it's amazing the scrappiness that he kind of pulls that get that team together for. And honestly, they're pretty talented. So it's it, it's not surprising that they're in the position they're in. Four and four though, that's a mid. That's a mid team. Uh, Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta. Minnesota six and one. Maybe a little. Um, I don't know. Sus. No suspect. I, I, I'm going to be honest. They've, they've won, what, all six of their wins have been in, in games decided by six points or less. It's another game that probably will be along the same lines. That's right. Cousins. The, I, as far as the Vikings being for real or not, we're not going to have to wait that much longer. The The schedule gets pretty tough after this week with uh, matchups against, uh, you know, I think at Buffalo and then a short week before they play Thanksgiving at New England. Um, and I, I forget, after that, but it, they're going into the hardest part of their schedule after this week. Um, so, you know, I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> All right. Well, you won six out of seven games. That's a pretty good start. I mean, if anything, that sets you up for a good good record, hopefully, at the first end of the season, even if you do have a kind of a tough stretch. But nonetheless, um, you know, it, it's a Washington team that's really struggled defensively. Um, and so you would think that this this line actually should be higher for Minnesota, but Washington's just that kind of scrappy. Um, in, in terms of fantasy, I, I think we already laid it down. And, and, you know, I think you already know who to start here. Um, but, you know, I think it's interesting because Adam Thielen could be out for this game. So really t- keep your eye on K.J. Osborne and T.J. Hawkinson. Somebody's got to fill a gap. They're going to run some more RPOs. I saw a recommendation to pick up Alexander Madsen because he's going to be on the field more. There's some things to watch in this game moving forward. I, I think I think Minnesota is going to play better than than a three point line. That's just my opinion. I don't think Washington's defense is that good. Uh, I just you know they just play such spirited football. You know. Ooh, oh yeah. Okay. Moving on to a NFC West division matchup. This is surprising. A Seattle Seahawks 5-3 and three football team with Geno Smith. I mean, I don't know what to say there. If, you, if, you, <laughs> if an alien landed on this earth and I told him, guess what, Geno Smith's the starting quarterback and he's 5-3, and three, they would just take off. It would be like an X-Files episode. You, you would never see him ever again. Two-point favorite to Arizona, 49.5 over under. Ah, jeez, man. If uh, You got to figure if Cliff... If, the the fighting Cliff Kingsbury's loses this game. He doesn't have a job anymore, right? Uh, I I I mean it. Uh, it's hard to say. I mean it, it could be the deciding factor. I'm not sure that they pulled the trigger this week. Should he lose it? Um, but they might make their minds up based on this one. Absolutely. Um, yeah, the <sighs> Cardinals are favored by two points at home. Uh, against the Geno Smith-led Seahawks, leading their division by a game. Um, Geno Smith starting to, starting to make rumblings about MVP candidacy. Um, it, it, in my opinion, it's, it's you know, uh, my favorite kind of football fan, you've got your team, you're loyal to them, but you you take in the entire league. Uh, it's been said over and over, the, the, the NFL is the greatest reality show on television, um, the Geno Smith story, hands down, my favorite story this year. It's just incredible. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of, uh, Pete Carroll, uh, but I'll save the hate for, for off the air. Uh, but man, th- this story is just so great and it's hard to deny what Pete Carroll's doing, not just with Geno Smith, but with an amazing rookie class. Uh, they've got something like five rookie starters right now that are just crushing it between those two tackles and uh, one of their DBs, uh, star running back. Uh, the list goes on. Uh, I'm, I'm taking the Seahawks to win this one on the road. I am. Um, the Cardinals, they, they always show how good they can be in a game, but they're just, just not 
playing complete games right now. They're not playing good football for 60 minutes. Uh, I mean, some teams that lose are playing good football. Uh, it happens. But uh, right now the Cardinals, I don't think they're playing good football when they lose. I don't think they're playing very good football when they win. Um, and, and it hurts me to say that because I'm a big fan of a lot of the roster. Um, and I love I love turnover. You know, the Cardinals uh, haven't been on top of their division in a while. But this isn't their year. The Seahawks at this point are undeniably good. It is not flukish. It is it is what it is. And uh, I got to take the Seahawks to upset on the road. Uh, 49 and a half point over under. I am going to take the over on this one. I do think we get plenty of points. Um, I, I don't think my, my prediction against the Cardinals should slow down anybody starting those fantasy players. Um, but I like the Seahawks to, to upset here. Yeah, Rookie of the Month, the <laughs> defensive rookie of the month, offensive rookie of the month, Kenneth Walker, Tyreek Woolen. So you're right. This their their rookie class has been very impressive. They have the most plays logged uh, or minutes or something like that in the NFL per per rookie class. They've been really really good. Kenneth Walker's been amazing. He, he I mean we we're watching Damian Pierce tonight run like a like a, a bat out of hell. Basically the same player, you know. Um, both these guys, second round and fourth round, respectively, for Kenneth Walker and Damian Pierce. It's amazing, man, where they can find these running backs now. Well, um, and, and Kenneth Walker is doing it with the help of two starting rookie tackles. It's just, yeah, uh, yeah. It's just awesome. I, I love what I'm seeing. Um, and, and not only has Geno Smith uh, revived his career and, and, and shown people that, that he is who they, they thought he was 10 years ago, um, he's, uh, he's showing a lot of leadership. You know what I mean? He, uh, you know, he's, he's, you know, I, I, he, he consoled, uh, Tyler Lockett after a drop pass and they went out and scored. Um, yeah. it's, it's just an incredible thing happening right now with the Seahawks and, uh, and I'm on board. I got to take him to win. Seattle's got a, um, <clears throat> cross the board, terrible, uh, FPA quarterback, running back, wide receiver, all in top five worst. I kind of keep an eye on, you know, you know, Kyler Murray always gets his points. You know, Benjamin, oh, yeah. Rondell Moore. Those are the guys that are going to be really kind of, uh, I mean, just benefiting from playing the Seattle Seahawks this week. So, moving on. the uh, Boy, what you think there would be an NFC Championship game matchup is sort of oh. who's going to survive the rest of the season here. The LA Rams at the Tampa Bay Bucks, Three-point favorite to Tampa Bay. 42.5 over under. Tampa Bay gets a week and a half off to play LA. LA is... Probably not looking forward to getting on the road playing Tampa Bay and Tampa. I mean, unless it goes his way when last year in the division divisional round. Yeah, it's um, Dan Jefferson coming back for LA, but they look pretty disjointed. I mean, well, what can these, you say? Both teams these, are sort of in the same position. Yeah. Here, these two teams you know? are right up there with the Colts and the Broncos in terms of being a, a, just having a really disappointing year. Um, the the Rams have more issues than their excuses can really explain. And, and to take it back to our opening topic of, of the trade deadline, boy, the Rams were real big losers when it came to the trade deadline. They needed, they needed to go out and get a running back that can pick up first downs and keep the offense on the field. And they failed to do so. They were, they were, they put in their offer for uh, Christian McCaffrey. They got outbid, um, and and now if they lose this game, and I think they will, the the season is done for the Rams. Uh, if the Buccaneers lose, the same thing. But I do like the Buccaneers at home this week to win. I think uh, I think they are slowly, painfully uh, uh, putting that roster back together the way they want it to be. Some things are working. Some things need a lot of improvement. Um, but I like the Buccaneers to win this one at home. Uh, I don't think it's going to be fancy. I don't think it's going to be dominant, even though the Rams are are not good right now. Um, I think the Buccaneers uh, survive this week. Yeah. <clears throat> believe me if I told you this, right? Would you believe me, I should say? Would you believe me if I told you this, that the L.A. Rams offense is ranked 32nd in, in fantasy points forced? So I know that I usually use FPA fantasy points against. In this case, they forced the least amount of fantasy points in the NFL. And that means Matt Stafford, you know, 
Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, Allen Robinson, any of these guys. Oh, That's what they did. Tyler Higby. It's terrible. When you, when you look at what uh, at what Matthew Stafford accomplished last year during the regular season versus what he's on pace to accomplish this year, it's like 30%. Um, it's bad. It's just it's just really bad. Um, totally. Cooper Cup is the only thing working there. They, they haven't been able to get a reliable number two receiver in the game. The running game is just, it's non-existent. Um, and uh, the defense isn't what it was last year. Neither is their O-line. Um, it's, it's just, I hate to say it, but the, things are really falling apart for the Rams right now. Um, and the Buccaneers aren't much better, but I see them trending in the other direction, even meagerly. Uh, the Buccaneers are starting to put themselves back, to, back together. I just don't see that happening with L.A. right now. Definitely, yeah. I, I agree. Um, I, I feel like it's going to be kind of an ugly game, <laughs> to be honest. I don't know what it'll look like, but uh, just the irony is that it's not a Sunday night football game, considering the names and the <laughs> stature of the teams. Right. And it's a, probably going to be a fo- – it's a CBS. Okay, so it's the, the Tony Romo, Romo game. It's just going to be really ugly. and eesh. Sunday night football, speaking of potentially ugly, and we saw how this game went last year on Monday night, early in the season. Kansas City – at home, taking on Tennessee Titans, 12.5-point favorite Kansas City. Over, under, 45, and a rainy, rainy day in Kansas City. I assume that will affect the over-under line for you here, Trevor. Um, Patrick Mahomes has been on fire. He gets Kadarius Toney. Uh, this is, I think I said this last week, I had no idea Tennessee was 4-2. and two. I have no idea they're 5-2. and two. They're probably the most under-the-radar under 5-2 and two team I've ever seen in my entire life. And Derrick Henry has been anything... He's just been amazing the last two or three weeks. He's averaged, what, 20, 30 fantasy points per game. They go against Kansas City, which is one of the worst fantasy points, FPA defenses in the whole league. I, you know, kill a 12.5-point favorite. I, I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah. you know, a lot of times these spreads, these over-unders, they're a little difficult for me. Uh, not this one. Um, you know, the, the Titans, they are on a five-game win streak. They're the only other team besides the Vikings to, to be on a five-game win streak. Um, they're doing it by really slowing down these games. Um, they're, not, they're not being flashy. Um, it's, it, it'd be impossible for me to choose against the Chiefs right now at home against a team like the Titans. I think their, their win game, or sorry, their win streak comes to an end. Um, I got to take the Chiefs to win, but this 12-and-a-half point spread is too much. It's too much. I, I have to take the Titans. I easily take the Titans to beat that spread. I think they keep this game a lot closer than, than Vegas is expecting it to be. And on the 45 over-under, I'm going to take the under. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, wow. Davis Mills threw one of the worst interceptions you'll ever see. Holy oh, no. <laughs> um, Dontrell Hilliard, I didn't mention him earlier. He's, he's obviously a free agent, right? Why, why else do I say his name? You've never heard of him. Um, third down running back. Kansas City historically is one of the worst. Andy Reid Andy Reed led defenses. Andy, Steve Bagnola led defenses are always really terrible against running backs on third down or passing situations. He's not a bad PPR play in this this week, and I'm thinking like I didn't even occur to me till now, and I'm like Spagnola he can't cover those running backs. He never he never has. So um, I'll throw that one out there. But yeah, I kind of agree with you. I just think the twelve and a half is God, I believe that's high. I, you know, I I don't know. In the NFL, that I mean, it, it's not college football, you know, and it's not the Jaguars. So, <laughs> no, that's Anywho. what I mean. The the, the Titans, <laughs> yeah. you know, five game game win streak is is what really has me feeling that that they're being disrespected right now. Um, you know, I, mm-hmm. I I don't think that the Titans are contenders the way the Chiefs are. Um, I I really do feel like their Super Bowl contender window has has closed. They, they've remained competitive with what's left on that roster, and uh, and with Vrabel, uh, I think I think Vrabel's shown himself. He's going to be the coach there for a long time. Uh, but yeah, it's for me. It, this is an easy one. I'm picking the Chiefs to win at home, the Titans to cover the spread, and I'm taking the under on that 45. Baltimore at New Orleans Saints Monday Night Football, two and a half point favorites. Baltimore over under 48. Yeah, it's. Um... You know, New Orleans is competitive and scrappy. They're a very well-coached team. They got some good offensive weapons. 
Baltimore has had a pretty bad defense all year. They got Rokon Smith. That's one guy we didn't mention for the trade, but that was pretty important. I don't think he'll turn around the defense, but um, who knows? Maybe he'll cover Kamara better than anybody else has. So right. So I, you know, this this I think is going to be a really good game. I'm looking forward to uh, to having this on on Monday night. Um, it's going to be, you know, some really good football in my opinion. The Saints. I feel like the Saints have been a little slept on this year. They are only three and five. They are without a, uh, you know, for for most of the season they they've been without a reliable presence at quarterback that may have turned a corner recently. Double O Dalton uh, certainly looks like he's their guy this season. I I don't think anybody thinks he's the long term solution there. Um, but man, the Saints the Saints are playing good football. The Ravens are loaded with talent and, and they, they made some moves before the trade deadline, uh, bringing in help on defense. Um, of course they did trade away one of their wide receivers. Uh, I, I think the Ravens, I've already said this podcast that I think they're headed to the postseason, And I do, I, I don't know where they're going to go into the playoffs. And I just, I have got a bad feeling here. I'm taking the saints in an upset in new Orleans, on Monday night, oh. I think uh, I think this is going to be a close one, but I'm going to take the Saints to win. I'm taking the over on the 48. I think we're going to see a lot of scoring here, uh, especially I expect to see a lot of points in the second half out of these teams. Um, but yeah, the Saints, I got to give credit to how I mean that they're three and five, but in those five losses, they have been competitive. They've been playing good football, and last week they 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 pitched a shutout last week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like the Saints this week at home in a real close one against Baltimore. All right. The quickest five minutes you'll see. We got to wrap up here. Miami at Chicago, four and a half point favorites of Miami over under 45 and a half. You got to figure too much firepower for Chicago to keep up with Miami. Even if, you know, even if Justin Fields does something, it's just probably Miami's just been ridiculous. Absolutely. I think, I think, uh, Justin Fields is going to make, you know, make the bears competitive. This is going to be a good game to watch. I got to take Miami to win. I got to take Miami to beat the spread. Uh, I'm going to take the over on this, but, uh, but basically, you know, they, they got, you know, the dolphins got better at pass rusher right here. Um, even with it being his first week, I think there's going to be times where they put uh chub on the field and say, just go get him. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's going to be really tough, but I also expect, Justin Fields to to tough it out, to give it his all the way I've seen him do every time I've watched him play this year. Um, it's going to be a good game, but it's going to be Miami's game. Uh, Miami made changes at the deadline for this year. I feel I've already said the Bears, uh, the moves they've made are for next year. Yeah. Cincinnati at home taking on Carolina, seven-point favorite to Cincinnati, 42.5 over under, the, the Kitty Bowl, and I assume a Panthers team that's probably <laughs> cursed. <laughs> to see, yeah. you know, considering what we saw last week, uh, it, it really won't get any better, and it shouldn't. And this should be Cincinnati's way of getting back on the 500 without Jamar Chase. Although they lost I, Cleveland pretty handily, I, this could no, go either they, way. They this did. This could really go did. either way. I, I really do think uh, with one more week to prepare for no Jamar Chase, I expect the Bengals to really uh, to to have a, a much improved offense, even without Jamar Chase going into this game playing at home in front of a, a crowd that is definitely, you know, the home crowd has bought into this, this uh, Bengals team. Um, it could be ugly. Uh, I definitely take the Bengals to win here. Um, seven point spread. I really want to say is a push. Um, it's hard to predict that they're going to win by much more than seven, but uh, yeah, no, no, I'm going to take them to beat the spread. They win by at least seven, probably closer to 10 points. Um, over under, this is tough. Forty-two and a half points is tough. I don't think the Panthers are going to put up a lot of points, uh, even if they can move the ball. I think the the Bengals are going to clamp down in the red zone. Um, yeah, I'm going to take the under here. I think the the Bengals win a, a handed one at home. Green Bay at Detroit, three and a half point favorites. Green Bay, forty-nine and a half over under. Don't sleep on Green Bay. Uh, excuse me, don't sleep on Detroit. Oh man, um, don't sleep they on got, Detroit. They, they kept up with Miami last week, man. I'm telling you, they they got a good offense. They they do play hard. Um, 
It would be funny to see Aaron Rodgers lose against Detroit, though, on the road. It would be oh, really, really trust funny. me, there's there's nothing I'd rather see outside of a, a Vikings victory than uh, than see the Packers continue to slide. Um, and, and, and you know, it's just the Lions. They've been they've been good at times, but they did just trade away one of their best uh, pieces on offense. Um, yeah, one and three at home. Packers are only one and three away. I gotta say, this is the year, or sorry, this is the week that the Packers win one. Uh, as much as I don't want them to, I think I gotta take the Packers to win. Three and a half point spread feels like they're gonna beat the spread as well. Um, the forty nine and a half over under. I'm taking the under on this one. I know the Lions can put up big points, but I just I don't think that that's in the cards for them this week. Um, the Packers, I think they're going to win. I think they're going to really control this game with uh, with running the ball. Um, yeah, I'm taking taking the under. All right, all right. Last one to pick, and this could be the NFL blackout game. Let's see if it will get showed in local markets. The Vegas Raiders at the the Jaguars, man. One and a half point one and a half point favorite to Vegas over under forty eight. Travis Etienne. Two weeks in a row, over 20 fantasy points per game. He's been steadily climbing. They got rid of James Robinson. He looks dynamic. He was really good in, Eng- in England last week. In London. England. I guess the same thing, right? <laughs> Vegas is uh, floundering. I don't know. Vegas is no. floundering. You know, Vegas. Trevor Lawrence has got he, – He's they're figuring him out with the RPO and the run game with him and getting him involved. It's I don't even know where this game could go, but I'm I'm optimistic that Jacksonville continues to build something here. I feel the same way, and and I've I've been talking about the most disappointing teams in the league. The Raiders might be the number one uh, team to fall short of expectations this year. Um, wow, you know, um, just just bad, and it's even worse on the road. They're zero and four away from that you know amazing new stadium that they have in L.A. or in Las Vegas. Um, I like the Jags to win this one at home. Uh, solid run game, uh, you know, and, and that, that might be all it takes in a matchup with the Raiders is, you know, we've got one guy that's going to run the ball for 150 yards. We'll have close to 200 yards rushing on the ground. Um, and, uh, yeah, I like like the Jaguars in a technical upset here. The line's one and a half. Uh, taking the home team when they're a one and a half point underdog isn't exactly an upset. Um, but yeah, I'm going to take the Jags to win 48 and 48 point over under. It, it really could go either way, but my gut tells me that this is an under. Yeah. It's just fun to keep seeing the, the Raiders lose. They're basically the, Oh Jaguars man. The yeah. AFC. I, 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 I don't yeah. lament what's happening. Uh, it, it, but it's, I mean, this, this off season, uh, you and I both said it. I've heard so many people say it. We, we kept referring to what was happening in that division as an offensive arms race, uh, even though there's a bit of a defensive arms race as well. Um, but, man, the Raiders, the, the Raiders, nothing that was working for them last season is working for them now. And they brought in Devontae Adams, reset the market on, on premier wide receivers, and it's just it's just hasn't delivered it's just not mm-hmm. there um so yeah it, i'm i'm taking i mean could the raiders turn it around mid season sure they i mean all the pieces are there nobody knows why why they can't get anything going uh it's too late for them to really turn it around and make the playoffs i know nobody's technically eliminated yet um but they're they're not going to the playoffs and uh until i see something uh, it, I, I can't take the Raiders unless they're playing the Raiders. It's that bad. Um, so, yeah, I'm taking the Jags. Next week, the Raiders take on the Raiders. <laughs> that would be interesting. The Cyborgs. I don't know. That's what they are. They're, <laughs> their fans are all Cyborg Ninja, just want to be, I don't know, fat. I don't know, just disgusting dog, dog pound. I, I wish I could say expletives. I would, but we'll leave it at that. So... <laughs> Well, that's week nine, folks, and we're inching towards Thanksgiving, um, which means that's more opportunities for you to play football in general at your uh, Thanksgiving because what's a better way to slice a turkey than have two fat, bearded guys talk about the um, NFL and all the sorts of things that go along with the NFL, like 
the Cyborg Raiders fans, or if it's even possible for the Raiders to play play themselves in a week, um, <laughs> or if you know um, if it's possible for Aaron Rodgers to slip a tab of acid at halftime and see if he'll play better, or if Tom Brady possibly would start dating Cameron Diaz during the third quarter, or and then divorce her by the fourth. So nonetheless, oh, it's it's one of those it's just one of those times of the year where all the hypotheticals are out there and. Yeah, and we talk about cyborg Raiders fans. This is a cyborg podcast. We are we are we are ones of who are not afraid to dip in and take risks of categories. And this is why you need to share us. And you're probably not listening to any of this any of the end of this podcast. You've been on here for an hour already. Till next time, you can find us on all the uh, the stuff, the social media platforms, and the what and the whatnots. And please leave a review, a subscribe, a like. It just helps us sort of continue to spread a message. We try to get it out there as much as we can, which we don't because we're lazy. But we will at some point, and you'll be you'll at least expect it when it happens. You'll be like, wow, these guys are funny, they are relevant, and they're really handsome. Until next time, <laughs> we'll see you next week. We're out. <laughs>